welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Um, we have been not including games in our podcast recently. Correct. We have another Wikipedia game. We haven't done any drafts. We haven't done my trivia player game where I always stump Thomas. Not always. Uh, so like we have at the time. We have uh, we missed a lot at the early beginning part of the year into last year, and so we've had a lot of content to just kind of throw at you guys. So we've excluded the games. All that's about to change. Dun, 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 dun. We are back today with uh, more content, but also a game. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Reset. We have a lot to talk with you guys about. I don't. I'm not good that at words. That sound right. Either. We have a lot to talk about with you guys. There you go. And gold um, star. And it looks like we're gonna have time at the end of this to reintroduce uh, one of our favorite segments. Don't know if it's one of yours, but our draft. And we got a good draft. Yeah, today. we do. Yeah. We uh, do. So to start off, we're gonna go with. Uh, a little bit of NBA trade de- trade deadline news. If you are not aware, the trade deadline in the NBA happened on February 9th. It was wild. It was a doozy. I have never seen more second round picks just thrown around willy nilly. Amen to that. Which just goes back to my theory that the draft isn't as important as people think it is. Um, but. I mean, I think that means the second round isn't as important as people think it is, more so than the first round. Like, the draft is important. But if only one round of the draft is important, is the draft really that important? I mean, again, we're talking about a league where teams have a max of 13 people on roster. Yeah, so is one pick in a draft more important? What? If it's first round is the only round that's important, one pick in a draft, is that really all that important? Yes. I'm just saying. I mean, the, the team's team got to get the, young talent somehow. Look at the team that won last year's championship. How many of them were drafted? I, I can't tell you. It was most of them, actually, by the Warriors. Yeah, they drafted Draymond and Steph and Clay. Anyway. <laughs> how'd, that, uh, um, how'd that go for you? So we're going right to talk there. about the NBA draft. Listen, I... You mean the NBA trade deadline? NBA trade deadline, my bad. I'm not going to pretend to be an NBA fan. Okay. I'm not. I don't like it. Um, I enjoy all the stuff, the information. Like, I follow them on Instagram and, like, all that good stuff. But, like, watching the NBA, couldn't care less about it. So, I don't know a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are role players, yada, yada, yada. I don't know a lot of them. So, most of what this is going to be is me just reading you off the trades that happened. Just so you, our listeners, who probably like the NBA more than we do, are caught up to date with uh, all that's going on in the National Association of Basketball. Don't you mean the National Basketball Association? No. NAB would be way more cooler. Okay. Than NBA. Anyway, um, there's a lot of trades that happen during the season that we're not really going to get into. Uh, a lot of trades that happen before the season that we're not going to get into. So I'll start with the beginning of this year, where trade deadline talks are really heating up and the trades first started. Okay. Uh, the first one of the year was January 5th, where the Celtics traded Noah Vonley, never heard of that guy, to the Boston Celtics for a uh, 2024 top 55 protected second round pick. I don't know what that means. 
That means that if the pick is before pick 56, the team gets the second round pick back and they send another one. Oh. That's what that means. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, And then on January 23rd, uh, the Lakers traded Kendrick Nunn to the Wizards for Rui Hachimura. Hated that trade. Um, That was a good trade for LA. Yeah. Uh, Rui Hachimura is like seven years old and is really good at basketball. He's going to do nothing but get better. First round pick. Although the Wizards, as he gets older, so. the Wizards have not been good drafters recently. Oh, they also traded the Lakers. Also sent three second round picks. Oh wow! With that trade as well. Wow. Uh, then moving on to the week of the trade deadline on February fifth, Dallas sent Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a twenty twenty nine first round pick and two second-round picks to Brooklyn for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris, which That's is the definition trade. of, like, win-now attitude. Right? It is. Uh, I saw a meme, though, right after that trade of Kevin Durant seeing that they traded Kyrie Irving for Spencer Dinwiddle, and it was the little Homer Simpson, like... Dinwiddie. Same thing. You said Whittle. Uh, it was a Whittle mistake. <laughs> Uh, it was like the gif of Homer Simpson like retreat, retreating You're into so the witty. shrubbery. Uh, well, not long after that, Kevin Durant also got traded. But Can't imagine why. We'll get there. We'll get there. I think that's a huge move for Dallas. I think despite what you believe about Kyrie Irving as a person, he's a phenomenal basketball player. He's arguably the best handler of the basketball the NBA has ever seen. Uh, if he can compliment Luka... If they can figure out how to make that work, I think they go far in the postseason. I think that it gives them a good shot. Um, uh, and I, I'm wondering how it's going to play out with Luca. Yeah. Because from to my limited knowledge, uh, Luca generally plays best at the point guard, the one, right? I, I don't know. Uh, but Kyrie Irving is also a point guard, so all I know is Luca's great and Kyrie is great. That's why I said if they can work it out. Yeah, yeah. Which I imagine they will. Kyrie's played multiple positions in his career. I know that, uh, and he's a veteran at this point. I'm sure adaptability is is fine with him. Yeah, uh, but... he's played with superstars. He's been the leader of a team. He's he, he's he's been, and he's even come out and said after he left LeBron to be the number one guy in. Boston, he said, I was a lot more than I expected it to be. I'm okay with being a number two. So we'll see how I it mean, works out. If, but if it does work out, I think it's good. I hope it works out in the locker room because the last couple of years, Kyrie Irving's name has been dominated by controversies and yeah. uh, dynamics. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on, just two days before the NBA trade deadline, the San Antonio Spurs. This is a weird trade. Okay. I assume this guy's contract is way bigger than it should be. I've never heard of this guy. But that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, They receive Dwayne Dedman. Oh, yeah. He's got a notoriously fat contract. And a second-round pick for mere cast considerations. Yeah. So That's cap relief right there. Like, Miami gave them a second round pick to take on his contract, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we that's a trade we see in the NHL uh, where you'll see players getting moved with a like you'll see, uh, for instance, Shane Gosh Despair last year, last yeah. offseason was traded to Arizona. Him in a second was just traded to Arizona for nothing. Huh. Fair enough. 
Like we like that's a trade that you see. It's kind of surprising that it's occurring in the league, like the NBA, where salary cap kind of feels like it's made up. But like, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then once again, also on February seventh, uh, another trade that I've never seen before. The Brooklyn Nets send uh, Kessler, Edwards, and cash considerations to Sacramento for the draft rights to David Michinow. Michinow. Okay, so... uh, What? Here, this is where my knowledge kind of gets exposed a little bit. What I think that means is sometimes in the NBA you draft players who aren't immediately available to come over and play in the NBA. They're playing European or international basketball. Yeah. So sometimes you have to wait a year or two for them to become available to join your roster. And I'm assuming... So Sacramento has previously drafted this guy? And he is unavailable to join the roster. That's what what I presume that means. Gotcha. Gotcha. (coughs) Excuse me. Well, then the day before the trade deadline, a massive three-team trade took place. Uh, Instead of going, like, who sent who where, I'm just going to tell you what each team got. This trade was between the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Jazz. In this trade, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Three really good players. Yeah, I guess Um, the Lakers are trying to get back into the playoff conversation. They're just trying to make the play-in at this point. But uh, that's what the Lakers got in all of this. The Minnesota Timberwolves received Mike Connolly of once Memphis Grizzlies fame. Um, TBT when he was the face of the Grizzlies and they won 30 games a year. That's the Grizzlies I grew up with, baby. Um, <laughs> and Nikhil Alexander Walker and three second round picks. That's a lot. That is a, that is a um, mouthful. And then the Utah Jazz pull in Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first round pick. I don't know the intricacies, but there's already buzz on the rumor mill <laughs> that <clears throat> Russell Westbrook is going back to LA to end up on the Clippers. Apparently, the NBA buyout market this summer is going to be robust. Man, I I feel bad for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And it's like, I shouldn't feel bad. He's bad at basketball. Like, well, bad at basketball. He could, you know, skunk me in a 1v1 if we played 100 times. But um, he shoots 30%-ish. Like, he's not very good. Like, he's not super clutch. He tends to be selfish with the ball. Like, I understand all the skepticism about Russell Westbrook. But he's had some of the best seasons in NBA history. He yeah. averaged a triple double, a triple for, like, double seasons. for two seasons. Oh, excuse me. Maybe three. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, you could but he's be. over the course of eighty-two games. This man has averaged a triple double. Like he's very good. Yeah. Uh, over under, David. You play Russell Westbrook one on one game the twenty-one okay. hundred times. Okay. Over under fifty points total that you score. That me that I score? Yeah. Fifty? Yeah. Under, three is under. I I, I was just trying to gauge. No no no. Gauge the three feeling. I would go over. I would go over on three because out of a hundred games, I can get off a couple of three point shots and I can make at least a couple. Dude, he's tall, but you're tall too. I'm taller. So. Yeah, I forget. I th- that actually, I think we're the same height, but like, I would not score a lot on Russell Westbrook. 
But no, Russell Westbrook has been great in the past. He's not been great the last couple of seasons. That doesn't mean he's broken. And so, like, I don't know. I feel kind of bad for Russell Westbrook. But, I don't know. Whatever. That's the details of the trade on February 8th. Russell Russell Westbrook is kind of like my Derek Carr for the NFL. I want to like him. I like him. Not even want to like him. I like him a lot. I was about to say, and then it's on get it's on tape. Your and then affinity for Derek Carr. And then he plays real bad, and I still like him. I still say he can get better. This isn't him. This is not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can recognize that Russell Westbrook has played very bad basketball, but I still like him, and I still want him to. <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, next also on February eighth, the New York Knicks send Cam Reddish, Ryan, Archiacano. Archie Diacano, Sfi Michaluk, and a 2023 lottery protected first round pick to the Portland Trailblazers for Josh Hart, who uh, does not seem to be that good to get that kind of haul. Obviously, my. I- we should probably pay more attention to the NBA because I remember trading Josh Hart for a second round pick in 2K like two years ago. You can pay more attention to the NBA and I'll let you lead those conversations. How about that? Or hear me out on this. We just try to avoid talking about the NBA. I mean, listen, and every time we need to talk about the NBA, let's just call Chris and get him to update. No, um... Yeah, I don't know. That seems like quite a haul for Josh Hart, but maybe he's a lot better than we all thought he was. Next, February 8th as well, the Raptors get a guy named Jacob Petal? Peltel? I think Petal was right. For, oh, they receive him from the San Antonio Spurs for Kim Birch, a 2024 first-round pick and two second-round picks. Uh, I've heard good things about this Jacob Pedal pedal guy. Um, a first, and two seconds, and a player is a lot. But how, hey, how many more trades are there? There's a lot. We're still on February eighth. Man, let's just hit the high points. <laughs> All right, this is the last February eighth trade, and it is a high point. Uh, the Suns acquire Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren from the Nets for Michael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks. Four first round picks and a twenty twenty eight pick swap. This is I've I've looked at this trade a lot. Yeah. And I don't know who won this trade. Uh I think it depends. So like I I understand the decision from both sides. I mean, Brooklyn did an all right job starting their rebuild, and it looks like they're gonna keep on moving by shopping Ben Simmons around this summer. But Kevin Durant's really good at basketball. The Suns have Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. They have a young core with some old veterans who are still playing at an elite level. It makes sense for both teams. Yeah, and it does make sense for both teams. But, like, here's my thing with Kevin Durant. Like, he is arguably the greatest scorer of all time. Just Mm -hmm. pure scorer. Uh, Arguably. I don't believe that, but arguably. A lot of people have said that. Uh, He is stupid good at scoring points in the NBA. The problem is I can't remember the last season he played more than 50 games. He gets injured and injured and injured and injured. He has an attitude problem, which we've seen over and over again. Like, yeah, he's really good and he knows how good he is. 
But if you can get that kind of talent, especially a team like Phoenix, who has been on the precipice since that 8-0 bubble run, since that 8-0 bubble run in 2020, yeah. they have been on the precipice of, of winning the whole dang thing year after year after year. And so this, is, this could be a move that is really good for them if Kevin Durant can get healthy and play well. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, Brooklyn has a couple of key young guys. Michael Bridges and Jay Crowder are both really, really good. Four first-round picks is nutty. Uh, and so, like, if they can draft well, I can see it being good for both teams. Uh, but, anyway, moving on to the important stuff again. Uh, the There was a – we're on the trade deadline day at this point. There was a three-team trade between the Blazers, the 76ers, and the Charlotte Hornets. The biggest name in this is uh, Matthias Teibel, who is a really good player for Philadelphia. Like, I'm shocked that they let him go, uh, especially in the run that they're trying to make as well. Also, another team that's been right on the edge uh, trying to push through. Uh, but anyway, nonetheless, they got rid of him. Uh, Portland gets Matthias Teibel. Matisse Teibel, not Matthias Teibel. Uh, the 76ers get Jalen McDaniels, and then the Hornets get the same guy I mentioned earlier. I love earlier. that guy. Same guy I mentioned earlier. I love that um, guy. But the, the big part of that player. trade is the 76ers and the Hornets also got two second-round picks each. So, wow. Another one. Rolling in the second-round picks, my guy. Another one. Uh, and then also another three-team deal. Jay Crowder did not stay in uh, Brooklyn for long. He was sent to Milwaukee. Uh, for two second-round picks, and then somewhere in the mix there, Indiana Pacers also got George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nuora, uh, and three second-round picks. This Pacers team that seems to be trying to make a bit of a rebuild and a bit of a run here as well. I am kind of surprised at the amount of players who were traded and then traded again. Because for some reason, I was under the impression that the NBA had a rule where, like, if you traded someone or signed someone, you had to wait so long before you could trade them. I have no idea. Well. Uh, also, another three-team, decent-sized trade. Atlanta got Saqib Bay. Detroit got James Wiseman from Golden State. And Golden State got a guy named Kevin Knox and five second-round picks. I um, heard they traded uh, Kevin Knox for Gary Payton. They might have. I'm not at the top of this list yet. Well, you know, uh, fair. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but that was a pretty big trade. Obviously, uh, Golden State, surprised they got rid of Wiseman, but five second-round picks is yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's a former first overall pick. And I don't, like, I'm not a draft expert when it comes to the NBA, uh, but five second-round picks for a former first overall pick. And Kevin Knox was like a sixth overall pick, but... To my understanding, Kevin Knox was kind of he's he's all right, yeah. but he's not sixth overall pick. Yeah, uh, and then I don't know. Uh, this is probably the most memed trade on the internet when it happened. But when the Lakers traded for D'Angelo Russell, uh, Patrick Beverly was like, "Hey, yo, reunited, and it feels so good." And then like. 30 seconds later, Sham Sarania reported that Pat Bev was traded to the Magic for Mo Bamba. <laughs> they traded one of the better defensive players hilarious. in the league for a song. 
Mo Bamba's fantastic. Is he? Well, let's not let's not discount Mo Bamba, and let's not talk about Pat Bev like he's better than he is. He's won sixth man of the year a billion times because he's not good enough to be a starter. Sixth man of the year is important. Okay, but you're not good enough to be a starter. Okay, so what's your beef with Andre Iguodala then? He was sixth man of the year. All right, real quick. Who am I? Last second. Shot on the line. Steph Curry or Iguodala? I don't know. Give me Iguodala! I don't I don't know what you're doing. You don't remember that? It was on first take. The year the, the Golden State Warriors won their first championship. Iguodala won finals MVP. Oh yeah. And uh Max Kellerman said if you the game was on the line, game seven of the finals, and you had one guy to take a three point shot, Iguodala or Steph Curry. He said Iguodala. I thought I, I thought Stephen A was going to come across that desk and stab Max Kellerman. <laughs> oh, man, it's a good video. I highly recommend looking it up. Uh, another big three-team trade between the Houston Rockets, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Rockets got Danny Green, who I think is one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Uh, the Clippers get Eric Gordon three second-round picks and rights to a pick swap with the Clippers. Uh, or rights wow. to, wait, they are the Clippers. Rights to a pick swap with someone else. I don't know. Uh, and then the Memphis Grizzlies get Luke Kennard, who's a good young kid. Uh, and then, that one's not important. Oh, yeah, that's that's it. That's, that's the it? NBA trade deadline. At least, wow. that's the list that I found on ESPN. Um, Maybe it's just my lack of like NBA knowledge. <laughs> but I was under the impression via Twitter that it was just like a wild time. A lot of picks. So I think the uh, thing that was confusing about this is it broke up who got what. There were multiple teams that sent four and five second round picks, Jeez. but they were between like three team deals. So one team only got two, one team got two, one team got three, whatever. So that's probably why it was a little more confusing. But um, there were a lot of trades of, Significant amounts of second round picks that people were just flying everywhere. Brooklyn getting four first rounds for uh, Kevin Durant and another guy. Um, Again, I don't watch much of basketball. Much of basketball? I don't watch basketball at all. But I keep up with it enough to know that there was a lot that happened in this trade deadline. There were a lot of teams that got better. There were a lot of teams that got worse. There were a lot of middle of the road teams that made good additions to try to make a run into the playoffs. Um, so it's, it'll be exciting. I'm a Lakers fan and it looked like the Lakers made a lot of good moves. So it'll be exciting to, um, it'll be exciting to see what happens. And before all you haters be like, you're a bandwagon fan. I'm not a Lakers fan, quote unquote. I'm a LeBron James fan. I think he's the greatest player to ever play basketball. He's one of the few guys I actually enjoy watching play basketball. So whatever team he's on is the team I root for. Um, also the Lakers are booty right now so can't say i'm a bandwagon fan but i'm a lebron fan i'll root for whatever team he plays for all right uh i think one of the uh fallbacks coming back from this uh deadline where fans of other sports were looking at their sports being like hey uh why can't we do this (laughs) this this looked like fun i and i think fans love trades so there's just that natural like longingness for yeah. high profile trades like the NBA does that does tend to have. I think it's also a bit different in the NBA. Because in the NBA it's very like 
the NBA is far and away the most player centric league. Yeah. In in North America. Mm-hmm. And so when guys demand trades, you don't often see like you do in the NFL, no. Like yeah. you do in the NHL, no. You're just going to be a healthy scratch for seven games in a row. You're just going to ride the bench until the end of the season. Like, you don't see that a lot. Normally, when a player is upset, when a player is in dissent, they're moved and they're traded. And the NBA is also more free-flowing. Like, how many teams have kept the same core for five years? It doesn't happen very often. That's fair. Uh, Player movement is just, like, kind of a given. Yeah, I think just, like, I think asking for, like, the NFL trade deadline or the NHL trade deadline, trade deadline to be similar to the NBA trade deadline is just unrealistic. I don't think it's so much like asking for four first round pick trades, but just like it NFL. Okay. Let me just say this trade values are so hard to peg down because they're so different across all the leagues. Yeah. Right. So I don't think anyone's asking for, What's the most cool. valuable draft in, in, in NFL or in North American sports? The most valuable draft? I would assume it's the NFL. I would assume I would say the NFL as well. Uh but like money wise, probably the NBA, because they give their players money. Cause again, there's only thirteen per roster. Yeah. Uh but it like we want to see these like high name or these big-name players get moved on. And it makes a lot more sense in the NBA when you're getting four first-round picks as opposed to the NFL where you're like, maybe I'll get a second, you know? Like, NFL trade value is so weird. NHL trade value is also weird. Yeah. Uh, and that's been a little evident. With There's been two trades in the NHL since the NBA trade deadline. Two of the bigger pieces of the NHL trade deadline moving on. So first, you have... Both team or both trades involving the St. Louis Blues selling. So in trade one, the Blues send Vladimir Tarasenko 50% salary retention to the New York Rangers for a conditional first, former St. Louis Blue player, now current St. Louis Blue player, Sammy Bly, and a conditional fourth as long uh, as long, ah, English, along with prospect Hunter Skinner, who was a former fourth round pick. Uh, this is a trade that, in the condition on the first round pick, the Rangers have two. Whichever one is higher, the Blues will get. Oh, good for the Blues. Yeah, good for the Blues. Uh, it's it's a great also trade. Good for the Rangers, especially with that fifty percent retention. Yeah. Like, we're talking about a player, Vladimir Tarasenko, who's an elite goal scoring player who really carried St. Louis's offense for the better part of the last five six years. And he requested a trade in, like, 2019. He had shoulder surgery. He hasn't been playing a whole lot. That's a big cap. Like you said, where they were like, no. Uh, Initially, St. Louis was like, no. The team's starting to fall a little. You know how sport teams are. You have the rise, and then the age is out, and then you fall back down to earth. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. Uh, So, St. Louis was like, okay, we got to rebuild. Even if this was the only trade they made, even and even though the value isn't as much as you could have gotten when he requested a trade like a year and a half ago, and he's barely played since, it's a good trade because you get the cap relief and you get a disgruntled body out of the locker room. A little room. bit of a cap relief. It would be better if you could have got rid of the whole contract. 
I mean, yeah, but he makes like eight mil a year, so yeah. you're at least getting four mil in cap space. Yeah. Here's a question. Here's an answer. What does that do for New York? A team like like playoff wise. New York's really good. And they have been for a couple years. Does this help put them over the edge? Help do you think they can make a legitimate run in the East? Yes. With an I addition do. of an offensive guy like Vladimir Tarasenko. I do. I I agree. I, I think it I think it's huge, but you know more about hockey than I do. If I was to give up these assets as New York, I would have gone in the defense side. Yeah. Because they have scoring. They have Panarin. They have Zavinajad. They have Lafreniere. Like, they have scoring. Did I guess... you see Lafreniere's game winner from the other night? I did. It was incredible. Oh, God. He's so good. I think it's just adding another high-profile name as a tertiary scoring option. Tertiary. So, good word. We see sometimes, uh, you know, the offense is inconsistent. Defense is consistent. Yeah. Right? Offense dries up at points. Uh, teams game plan around your team's offensive star stars. It makes sense. I think it's just adding a bit of a change of pace, uh, almost like an impact sub, if you will. Yeah. Someone to just come on and reset the dynamic on the ice. So I think it's a good trade for the Rangers. I would have looked to acquire a defenseman if Which I was Which makes them. sense. Makes sense. But, Adam Fox uh, can't do it all by himself. No. No, he can't. Uh, and moving on, February 17th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, a massive trade broke. The St. Louis Blues continue their fire sale by sending Ryan O'Reilly with 20, 75%, wait, what? 25% salary retention. It's, it, it was displayed in a weird way. It <laughs> threw see. my brain off. And I then see, I, see. I was like, wait, teams can't retain 75% of a contract. The max they can retain is 50%. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Akari, and, jo- and Josh Pillar to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a first, a second, a third, Adam Gaudet, and Mikhail Ab- Abramov. Abramov. Also included in this team or in this trade is Minnesota acquiring Toronto's 2025 fourth round pick. Not sure how they uh, factor into this, but they do. I feel like this is another like team that is could have benefited from a defensive you are acquisition yeah. as opposed to a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, who is good. Yeah. Uh, great. Here's, but like, here's the thing you just gave up a first, second, and a third round pick for a third line center. Ryan O'Reilly on most teams is a first line center. Toronto is not a, is not most teams. Yeah. They have Austin Matthews. They have John Tavares already at their one, two center. Two of the better centers in the like Ryan O'Reilly. If Ryan O'Reilly is a top 15 center in the league, Tavares and Matthews are top 10. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Ryan O'Reilly is probably the best current, current best uh, defensive center in the league. With Bergeron's aging, I would take O'Reilly over Bergeron right now. But still, getting a good second, like, 
top six defenseman would have been a lot better than getting a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. It would have been, especially when you consider the injury woes that Toronto has faced this year at defense. I would say they're not done. I just don't... I don't see... like They are going to have to get... like If they're not done, they don't have the draft capital anymore, so that's going to require them to dip into their prospect pool, which is very rich. Yeah, and at that point, like if you're making a trade, I don't understand how you have the cap space to bring in the quality of player you're bringing in. Yeah, it's a very confusing trade. It could work out. I just don't think that this was the right direction to go in, and I think that this was Kyle Dubas's uh, silver bullet, if you will. Yeah, uh, uh, Toronto is a very gr- is a it's a tough market to be a manager in. Because the expectations are so high because you have like 80% of the country's population rooting for your team. Like you have an entire country spotlight on you. Yeah. And when you have the core that they have and it hasn't worked out, it just like it's churning up every year. It's churning up the temperature on the hot seat more and more and more. And he's kind of gotten like a bot, like not. He's kind of gotten a pass almost because he was the youngest GM ever hired or something like that in the NHL when he went on. Wow. And it was this whole, like, new school merging with old school analytics. Yeah. Like, and it hasn't worked out, and it's been because of defense. Yeah. Exactly. That it's, And, like, it's also really hard to justify paying, like, $40 million between now five forwards yeah and that's again man what i don't like what i don't get and i feel like it's so common in the nhl like teams that have a glaring obvious hole they don't address it yeah they just get richer where they're rich we've said this about edmonton we've said it about vancouver like we have said it about multiple teams you and me you and me can tell you what's wrong with your team if you and me can tell you what's wrong with your team, then you should know what's wrong with your team. Why aren't you fixing it? Yeah. We saw what happened to Cincinnati when Joe Burrow got absolutely murdered in the Super Bowl. They went out and shored up the offensive line. We saw it happen with Kansas City as well. We saw it happen with Indianapolis. We've seen teams uh, trade for massive defensive players. We've seen teams trade for a quarterback. and Like, the Rams were had one of the best teams, best coaching all they needed was a quarterback, and they gave up the farm for Matthew Stafford. And guess what happened? They went out and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I we've seen it. We see it happen in other. We just talked about the NBA trade deadline, where all these teams are trying to shore up these playoff runs. Why does the NHL have a problem with addressing the most obvious needs on their roster? I don't know. At least, okay, so like we have two teams who have made big acquisitions, New York and Toronto. Both would have benefited from defensive help. At least with Toronto, O'Reilly is a defensive player. He plays forward, but he's defense. Like, you you acquire Ryan O'Reilly to play your third line, five on five, and your top penalty killing lines, your top... You have a face-off in your defensive zone that you need to win. That's who you're sending out. New York's doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Tarasenko generally has one of the worst defensive metrics in the league. 
for throughout the majority of his career. Like, it, like if anything, he's a liability, yeah. not not this massive addition. And like, don't get me wrong, his goal his goal scoring touch is something to be marveled. Yeah, but I just it doesn't make sense, and we're gonna see a lot more trades as. I mean, this is the third big piece to come off the board. And the trade deadline is March 5th. Yeah. Bo Horvat, sold. Vladimir Tarasenko, sold. Ryan O'Reilly, sold. And even and to add on to that, Jacob Chicharin is going to be a healthy scratch until he is traded in Arizona. The, bit, the most desired defensive uh, trade chip, if you will. Uh, he... I just I don't understand why he hasn't been traded, but these other players have, yeah. and I think we're gonna see it ramp up as more pieces fall off the board. Teams are not gonna be waiting around to make their acquisitions. Here's a question: Why didn't teams like Toronto or New York talk to Chicharin or talk to Arizona um, about Chicharin? Like, I would say, and Arizona's got him though; they're not helping him. Like, they're not helping themselves out. But like, healthy scratching him is not like. Well, they're healthy scratching him so he doesn't get hurt. That's the that's the entire he's labeled a healthy scratch for trade purposes. But that like I don't know, that doesn't seem to make much sense to me. Players don't get hurt it's like super often. Like the likelihood of him getting hurt over the next few games is less likely than the likelihood of him going out having a fantastic showing and them getting more in return. I I think his trade value is the max that it could be for a, enough, for enough. an in-season trade. I and I think that you have to trade him this season because then the contract becomes it starts it's still a positive but it's not as big of a positive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I would assume that Arizona asked for too much from New York and Toronto with their opening request and New York and Toronto got the idea that they were just, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't know, man. What I would have asked from either team is for two of their better prospects and a second round pick. So from New York, I would ask for Lafreniere, Capo Caco in a second. Because Capo Caco has been kind of a bust, and Lafreniere hasn't really been a bust per se yet, but he's trending that direction. Uh, so, and then you get a second round pick for Magic Beans. Arizona gets that uh, supplemented supplemented forward depth that's young and a good talent. If I was asking for from Toronto, I probably would have asked for Nick Robertson and Timothy Lilligrand. And maybe a first. And New- that's what I would have asked for. I'm presuming that Arizona went too hard on the opening offer. And New York and Toronto just decided to walk away. Fair enough. I think you're more likely to see a desperate team bite yeah. on Chicharin. So I think that could be the Devils trying to capitalize on this run. I think it could be the Bruins. Although I don't know their draft capital what they would trade <laughs> the bruins what the way you say bruins is funny i say it how it's pronounced no you say bruins the boston bruins 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 like like you brew tea 
David. And in a coffee. Like you brew tea in a pot. Brew we're, in. Bruins. We're saying the same thing. No, you're saying brune. Like a broom, but with an N instead of an M. No, I'm saying brunes. Brunes. Why are you doing this? I love watching the Boston Bruins, don't you know? Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the NHL trading? Yeah. <coughs> Can you trade coaches? Because I would love if David Pohl hypothetically I would suppose. trade John Hines for a bag of freaking hockey pucks. Okay, but then who's going to coach the team? I don't care. Just not John Hines. Let's hire PK. I think uh, PK got our team to the finals. Let's hire PK. I think the Preds He's retired. I think the Preds just, I think everyone kind of knows that this core isn't going to do it. Also, can we can we trade for Chicharron? We got some pieces. I mean, hypothetically. We yeah. got some pieces. Let's send, let's send Matias at home. They want forward depth. Let's send Joey and Sissons. Joey, Sissons, and Ekholm for Chicharron. I would... Hang up. I wouldn't like if I okay, like if I'm Arizona's GM and I got offered that trade, I would just hang up. Sissons is good. Joey's like fourth on our team in points this Sissons, year. Sissons, okay, let me give you, let me give and you, and Eki's a solid defenseman. Let me give you trade values for these, like draft pick trade values for these players. <laughs> Colton Sissons, third round pick. Goodness gracious. Matias Ekholm, second round pick. Johansson, fourth, maybe. Sissons is worth more than a third. No, he's not. He is what he is. He's good, but he is what he is. All right, all right, all right. Dante Fabro. Third. All right, all right, all right. Do we have anyone worth a first outside of Yossi and Forsberg? Absolutely. Philip Tomasino. Tomasino's not as good as Sissons. Uh, okay, yes. Sissons is better in the NHL right now than Tomasino is. But Tomasino, in two years, is going to be better than Sissons ever was and ever Maybe. will be. Maybe. We don't know that. The point, the point is, is like, Tomasino has so much promise behind him, whereas Sissons is what he is. He's the sixth man. I just really miss 2016. You mean when the Preds were good playoff team? 2017. 2018, Listen, 2019. We don't, we don't have time to get into the Preds' woes. Uh, we have a draft that we need to bump up. Yeah, listen, we'll just push off that other thing. We've pushed it off a couple episodes already. Yeah, it'll be we'll all right. It'll be it all right. We'll wait. We're waiting for more information. I was about to say, if anything, it'll add, it'll add stuff to the list. We'll have more to talk about. Yeah. Um, so moving on, I guess. Talk to me. To our draft. Oh. Here's what we're doing. Okay. If you remember our superhero draft, we drafted superheroes with our wheel, and uh, it ended up with us having five each, and then who would win in a fight, Thomas's five versus my five, was how we determined the winner of the draft. We're doing the same thing this time, but with animals. That's right, wildlife. And here's the catch. Here's the catch. We have 15 legitimate contenders in this competition. Yeah, we do. And then we have 15 
Don't stand a chance. Nope. Just as an example, one of our uh, 15 good ones is an elephant. Elephants are massive. They have more muscle in one foot than you have in your entire body. They they can crush living things to death with their trunks. Elephants are aggressive and they are massive and they're a formidable foe. They're strong boys. Uh, And then we have a chipmunk who is very skilled in shoving nuts in its little cheeks. It's very cute. Yeah, yeah. But would get bopped in a fight against like a gorilla. Yeah, So absolutely. uh, That's where we go. And if if history tells us anything, Thomas, you're about to get a squirrel, my guy. I'm about to get four squirrels. But it's going to be uh, a good one. This is going to be 5v5, David versus Thomas. It's randomized. Whatever we get is what it lands on. Uh, and then at the end, who wins in a fight? That's the, there was also a wild card in here. We'll get to that if we if we happen to get it. I hope. And the first pick is a leopard. Oh wait, who's going first? Who I, gets I, would, the I was pers- I would I would assume you. Okay. Because you you generally win. Uh, a leopard. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. Leopard is sneaky. They have the draw strength of your mama. I mean, like, not your mom, Bridget. I wasn't talking about you. Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? They have a massive jaw string. They can bite anyone's neck. Giraffe, that's just 18 feet of food for a leopard. I love it. 18 feet of food. Their neck. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. There's not a lot of meat in the neck. Not a lot. And then Thomas, your first pick. It's a kitten. Uh, listen, kittens are adorable. That's a baby cat. Uh, the leopard might... Think that the kitten is one of its own. By the way, when we say kitten, we mean uh, like domesticated kitten. It might like think it's one of its own. Cats still. Cats this is always, a house cat. It's a baby cat, house cat. Cats always keep that killer instinct, though. For my next pick, we have a. Goldfish. Come on, give it to me. A tiger. I swear I'm showing you, you these to me. I swear you cheat. I don't know how, but I swear you do. Oh, man. All right. Give me... Listen, there is <laughs> one wild card that I need on this team. With the Tiger, uh, obviously a fantastic pick. Uh, but to turn your luck around, I think you might have just taken the lead in this whole oh, thing. Oh, boy. You have a hippopotamus. Oh, the most deadly Hippos mammal on the planet. That cannot be true. Has to be true. Hippos are vicious, dude. They can. You talk about the draw strength of a leopard. Nothing compared to the draw strength of a hippo. And they're aggressive, dude. Like they're aggressive. You might have just won that. Also, if you're, I don't know what you're doing right now, but if you're not driving, stop and look up pictures of baby hippos. They're so freaking Ugly. cute. What? I will fight you. Hippos are adorable. Baby hippos are even more adorable. I mean, but that's a great that that legitimately like my leopard and tiger. I don't think could take on your hippo. No, they could not. My kid would have to break a sweat. But to add to my team, we're gonna add a little more power with a polar bear. Okay, a hippo still could could smash a polar bear. Okay, but all three together. Okay, well it's two on three. Okay, just wait until it's three on three. You know, listen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, polar bears also vicious, just like a regular bear, but polar. Uh, they have strength. They can take hit after hit after listen, hit. Listen, I'll just send um, my hippo into battle with Coke. Listen, 
to join to join your team. Uh, I got a gerbil. This is the lovely gerbil. Listen, dude, gerbils are sneaky. They're small. They can they can they can crawl around undetected. I'm really liking my odds here. I'm not gonna I, lie to you. I, uh, and the one that's gonna piss off Thomas the most, my fourth round draft pick, the wild card, the Canadian Goose. I am so mad. <laughs> I am so mad. Like, okay, we went into this. Let me just say this. You got right? a problem with Canadian gooses? You got a problem with me, bud? I suggest you let that one marinate. I suggest let that one marinate. Let me tell you, bud. Um, no, before so we funny. started recording, that's I looked so at David and I was like, dude, I would be content if I got like gerbil, goldfish, squirrel, chipmunk, and Canadian goose. I would argue that to the death. My team loses. We're talking about a Canadian goose. They are notoriously mean. I'm pr- like, there's a game out called Goose where you play as a goose and you can pick up knives and chase people with it. And I, jeez, I am pretty like ninety eight point nine six percent sure that that game was modeled by Canadian gooses. I mean, listen, that was a very goose pick. The Canadian goose is dope. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty hype about it. However, your Nets pick, once again, might turn this whole thing around. You have the Canadian goose. Your fourth round draft pick. Okay. Elephant. Okay. Okay. Elephant. Here's the thing about elephants. They bring elephants (laughs) and hippos the same. They have the strength in their mouths, in their jaws, in their trunks. Um... Don't forget but like more than anything, they have the beefiness. They I have the swollenness. They are tanks, yeah. dude. They can take hit after hit after hit. My leopard, tiger, and polar bear would have to work together to take one of them down, and probably be too tired to take down the other one at the end of that. But you got the Canadian goose to run in there with the knife in its beak. I do have the Canadian goose, but uh, with you getting elephant to put the final nail in my proverbial coffin. Yeah. My fifth round pick is a squirrel. Oh my gosh. Not even the cool kind that can fly. My kitten. Just a would squirrel. Bop your squirrel. Honestly, prop. No, yours it's a kitten. If it was a cat. Kittens are scary. If dude. it was a cat, I would say yes, but no, yours kittens is a kitten. Are scary, my squirrel dude. bops your kitten. My cat bops your squirrel. Uh <laughs> your fifth round pick, I feel like, is not gonna fight. Because he is a sloth. We're going to go. We're going to start the battle. By the time the battle is over and we're all going out for smoothies, uh, the sloth will just now have his head turned and start walking towards the battle. Yeah. So uh, your fifth round pick kind of doesn't do it for you. Uh, But did you know that sloths fall to their death a lot by accidentally grabbing their own arm? Yeah. Yeah. Well, way to steal my thunder there. Call me Thor, baby. Why is it that every time we do these drafts, I just get tremendously awful luck? I mean, listen, I would make a legitimate argument that you won this one. Yeah, but you got got four out of five were heavy hitters. I mean, the Canadian goose, let's be honest. It's more for the meme. It's not a real heavy hitter. It's a real heavy hitter. I would trade you... My kitten, 
my sloth and my elephant? gerbil. I'll take that. Elephant? And my gerbil. Elephant? If I'm giving you your elephant, I need like a polar bear. I would trade with. you the Canadian goose and the polar bear for your elephant. Why would you do that? I would still win. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're telling me a hippo. Uh, what what was polar bear? Polar bear and a Canadian goose versus an elephant, a tiger, and a leopard. Oh, dude, easy claps. Easy claps. I don't know. And you uh, know what? The jerk. Uh, I got. Okay, so just to round out our teams. Okay. I got a leopard, a tiger, a polar bear, a Canadian goose, and a squirrel. Thomas got a kitten, a gerbil, a sloth, and a hippo, and an elephant. Uh, I. Listen, I don't. I think you win. I don't think it's that close, but I would be happy to listen to other people who say I win. You I know? mean, listen, I'll take the dub. You know, Lord knows I need one. Amen to that. I'll take I'll take the draft dub, and I. You know what? But we're we're both winners, David. I agree. You wanna know why? Why is that? Because we have the best listeners on the planet. A to the men. Amen to that, brother. If you somehow made it to the end of this uh, episode, we appreciate you. We love you. We will figure out content going forward. It'll be easy. It'll be super easy yeah. because we have you guys waiting for us. And when are we, we going to implement our hate. word of the day? Do what? When are we going to implement our word of the day? If you got a word for the day, we can. Oh, I don't it today. Although we could use tertiary. That was a good tertiary. word. Tertiary, not secondary and yeah. not primary, but thirdary, tertiary. tertiary. Yeah. There's the word of the day. Pa pa pow. That's the start of a new segment. Every podcast, we're <laughs> going to have a word of the day because we're smart. It is going to be uh, a little weird doing this. Po- like, the the history of our pod has been uh, with like in football season, right? And now that football season is over, yeah. we're just like, uh. And there so, will still be football content. Like, yeah. let's, not, let's not joke. Uh, March is going to be a lot of fun. March is going to be a We're excited about March. We have a lot of Disney movies to watch for March, yes, by yes. the way. Yes, yes. We also have a lot of brackets to make. Yeah. It's, it's the 18th of February. We yeah. got to get on it. But yeah, anyway, it on. it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a good time. We're excited to uh, kind of figure out the content waters without the uh, the NFL. So Yeah, that'll be fun. Stay with us along this ride, and uh, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what kind of body wash you use. I don't know what we're going to talk about on Monday. <laughs> But I do know that you'll be here for us. I hope you'll be here for us. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, we're just here so we don't get fined.